As leftist ideology implodes in front of our face, we are left asking the question, is John Lennon's Imagine a utopian dream or more actually closer to a secular humanist hellscape that we must alleviate ourselves from as quick as possible or bear the consequences. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Our show today is sponsored by Anchor.biz. If you're looking for business solutions to help you, whether you have a small business or a large business, and you need to free up some of your mental bandwidth to invest in what you actually got into business for in the first place, which is not bookkeeping or maybe business solutions or administrative strategy, maybe you could take some of that and outsource it to experts who could help you so that you can focus on your bottom line and you can focus on the thing that got you into business in the first place. Well, Anchor is your place to do that. And when I say Anchor, I mean A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z. The team over at Anchor is ready and willing to help you. Not only do they care about you, but they have Class A customer service that will help you take care of whatever business solutions you may have. So go over to A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z today and see how they can help you. Right now, they're running a special on payroll. So if if you're looking to help get your employees paid and paid on time and at a reduced rate, you need to check them out today. So again, go over to ancur.biz and when you do so, let them know that Indie Thinkers sent you. What's going on, independent thinkers? Thank you so much for taking the time to like, share, and subscribe. We've got a great show planned for you today. I want to thank you for, more importantly, not only liking, sharing, and subscribing, but also for thinking for yourself. As we start to see a globalist agenda unfold in front of our very eyes. We need some people who are willing to think beyond what the media will tell them and what they see right in front of their eyes in order to think past the smoke screens of the lies that we're told and to, and to see the truth. And it's harder than ever to do that before. That's why we must work hard and uh, consume great shows like this in order to see past those smoke screens. Today, we're gonna to be looking at one of those such smoke screens as leftist ideology implodes in front of our face in record number. Now, let me kind of illustrate that for you so that you can know exactly what I mean by that. And when I say the implosion of leftist ideology, I mean things like defund the police. So right now, if you look at the statistics in New York City, since de Blasio, a Democratic uh, mayor, has defunded his local police department, you can see things like this. In New York City, car theft is up 42%. Grand larceny is up 49%. Robbery is up 39%. Burglary, 32%. Felony assault, 18.6%. And rape, 11%. And overall, all major crimes are up 37%. And is it any wonder that this kind of thing is happening in the wake of what took place in 2020 with the BLM riots and looting? And is it any wonder that crime is up at the time when social policies like reparations are being endorsed by people like Black Lives Matter organizers? In fact, this one BLM organizer in Chicago said this. If somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike, because that makes sure that that person eats, that makes sure that that person has clothes, that's reparations. That is reparations. Surprise, when people feel entitled to something that they're not getting, they may find ways to go get it themselves. And so this is why perhaps in some of our major blue cities in America, we're seeing such an increase in crime. But we're also seeing leftist social policy, like the kind of speech is violence crowd. 
Uh, we're seeing these policies crop up in unexpected places. Like, for instance, the high-profile attempted assassination of Salman Rushdie. Now, for those of you guys who do not know who Salman Rushdie is, Salman Rushdie is a famous author. He is famous for writing a book called The Satanic Verses, in which he reliably reports about verses that were added to the Quran by Muhammad. And uh, these verses have to do with a kind of polytheistic um, kind of synchronization of, of the Islamic faith with kind of other pagan ideologies. And, and so he wrote this book, and it was immediately condemned by the Islamic world, not to mention the Ayatollah uh, Khamenei of Iran at the time, who also called for his assassination. Now, for 34 years and some change, I suppose, uh, Salman Rushdie has had to fight for his life because he there have been multiple attempted assassinations on his life. And the latest just happened this past week where he was stabbed repeatedly in the liver and also in the neck by an assailant who was attempting to make good on that policy of saying essentially what the left says so often. That, that speech is violence, that unapproved speech is something that must be protested. You think about people like Charles Murray and others going to college universities and campuses where, where free speech and free thought is supposed to be welcomed and, uh, and, and these places serve as bastions for these kind of civil liberties. Well, not so much anymore. So uh, ultimately, uh, while not leftist in its intent, still leftist, leftist in its practice, uh, because anybody who speaks things that we don't like must be eliminated. So we're seeing leftist ideology play out, not also in social policy, but also in gender ideology. And of course, we first think about the transgender movement. And we're seeing a backlash happen here as well. Just recently, the FDA released a warning on puberty blockers. And that warning says this, that if used in children could cause brain swelling and blindness. And we've been told by reliable sources that puberty blockers are just a, a pause on puberty. You can go off and on them as you please by people like this. Well, affirmation begins when the patient says they're ready for it. So that could be a, a kiddo who is just starting puberty and panicking because they're getting breast buds or their penis is getting bigger and busier and they're worried about all kinds of masculine changes. And that way, puberty blockers, which are completely reversible and don't have permanent effects, are wonderful because we can put that pause on puberty. Just like if you were listening to music, you put the pause on and we stop the blockers and puberty would go right back to where it was. The next note in the song just delayed that period of time. Let's just put a pause on your vision for a little while, shall we? Or maybe indefinitely. We're also seeing botched surgeries, lifelong pain, and then we're seeing skyrocketing suicide rates in the transgender community that isn't alleviated except only temporarily in the trans community after surgery because seven to 10 years after surgery is when suicide rates are the highest for the trans community. So as you can see, we're seeing leftist ideology implode in our faces, whether that comes in the form of the Black Lives Matter movement or it comes in the form of the LGBTQIA plus ad infinitum movement, or it comes in the form of social green policies at a time where people are hemorrhaging because of inflation and economic instability. And we, and we need to shore that part of our society up, but we're 
signing bills that will only cripple us economically further, or it comes in the form of policies that decrease the population of the United States and other nations at a time when population is decreasing. And the only question that I have in the midst of all of that is, what will wake us up? What will finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back before we finally realize that we need to do something about this? Now, perhaps I need to stop for a moment and define my terms, as we always should. Now, this is always a dangerous practice because at the moment I define my terms, those who are dishonest and don't like to firmly root themselves in the truth, again, uh, people on the left, uh, they, will, they will say, oh, now you're incorrectly defining, and then they won't tell you how or they won't correctly define what they believe themselves. They will simply try to define themselves out of, define their way out of what they actually believe. And so at the expense of dishonest people, what I will say is that when I say leftist ideology, what I and frankly others mean is we mean this. We, need, we mean an ideology that is rooted in postmodernism and neo-Marxism. We mean postmodernism in that it does not believe in objective truth, or at least what it believes is that there is no meta-narrative for life, no overarching narrative. There is only our personal experiences and our feelings and our tribe, and, and that's just about as much as we can make of the world. But there certainly isn't time-tested uh, truths that we should apply to our life and, and consent to that are universally true for all of humanity. Uh, again, there is only my experience, which is the highest authority, and your experience. So when you hear the words my truth and your truth, what you're hearing is a primer in postmodernism. And then, of course, I also mean neo-Marxist. And by neo-Marxist, I mean the people who wish to see everything through the lens of power dynamics. And as a result of that, they view everything through the lens of identity politics, not through the lens of objective rational truth. And so when I say leftist ideology, I mean the kind of people who prefer identity politics over reason and the people who prefer personal experience rather than time-tested wisdom. So these are the kind of people that we saw very often in the 60s. And quite frankly, these people who existed in the hippie movement are now those who are educating and fueling the next generation in the academy. Uh, we'll talk about perhaps how the hippie movement turned into the yuppie movement here in a moment, but it's, uh, it's undeniable that the hippie movement has made a major impact on the way in which we view society. And this is most profoundly recorded in a, a person who is well known as a kind of a voice of the time, a recorder of the time, and this is Joan Didion. She wrote an essay called Slouching Toward Bethlehem, and I would encourage all of you to read it. It's rather long for an essay, I suppose, but it's not that, that long. It's very short. Um, and in Slouching Toward Bethlehem, Joan Didion recounts essentially and comprises for her audience the the zeitgeist, the, the, the time of the 60s and what caused its demise. And in Slouching Toward Bethlehem, you should know that it's the height of the sexual revolution. The second wave feminist movement is, is in its prime and free love and drugs are the name of the game, the, the social philosophy of the age. Along comes Joan Didion, who paints the accurate picture of the repercussions of the ideology of the hippie movement. And the repercussions of that movement were this, rampant homelessness, drug abuse, overdoses, and death, not to mention child abuse and rape. In Slouching Toward Bethlehem, she writes of meeting a young couple who has a five-year-old daughter. 
she sees the five-year-old daughter and is curious at the way she's acting. The, the five-year-old is licking her lips and smacking constantly, and she didn't think too much of it until she saw that the child had white lipstick on her lips. And she noticed then that the child was high on acid and that acid had been rubbed all around her mouth and that she was licking that acid feverishly in her drug-induced haze. It was a shocking picture of what is actually going on as a result of the ideas and the movement of the 60s. Joan Didion will then go on to talk about what actually ended the era of the 60s and ultimately would be the death of the hippie movement. And that happened with the Manson murders. The Manson murders were this moment where the surreal ideology of the hippie movement and all of the claims that it liked to try to make about free love and you do you and to thine own self be true and you don't have to obey any kind of moral code. You know, you create what's right to you, man. Uh, that surrealism was shocked into reality at the moment this uh, Manson cult murdered some pretty high-profile people. Now, it's sad that it took high-profile people dying for people to actually kind of wake up to the natural repercussions of the hippie movement, but it was a shocking moment in which we finally said, enough is enough, and we better change our ways. Now, this gave way to the yuppie movement, where these hippies then eventually realized that they had to go out and get jobs and adopt um, normal lives and kind of finally slowly but surely get back into normal society. And so a brief glance at history shows us really clearly that John Lennon's Imagine is not just only a stupid song, but also a deadly song for each and every one of us. We think about this, no borders, no heaven, no religion, and the necessary evil of war. Whether we like it or not, when people like Hitler come on the scene, war is necessary. So as we can see, this, the ideas presented in John Lennon's Imagine were totally debunked by the repercussions of the hippie movement and the things that we saw at that point in time. They didn't last then, and there's a good reason, because they're totally morally, spiritually, and intellectually bankrupt. We're seeing this all over again in our present age as we try to recreate the past as though we'll get different results. We're seeing as we move further and further away from the ideas of religion and our society becomes more and more secular that we are less decent, we are less moral, and we are less rational. And our major cities in America are paying the price for it. Now, while I'll easily call John Lennon's Imagine a secular humanist anthem, John Lennon himself called it this, virtually the communist manifesto in song form. And now, even though it failed in the 60s and in the 70s, the hippie movement still lives on in our old, ancient, brittle political class. As we see people like Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, who are byproducts of the 60s and the 70s, try to implement their social leftist ideology into the mainstream. Um, and we see their children, uh, people like the squad, and then also others who inhabit other institutions that are promoting things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social credit scores, and the like, we, we see once again that we're in the place where we have to learn our lessons the hard way. We already learned it in the 60s and 70s, and we're going to have to learn it again if we don't do something quick. But as I said at the top of the show, the, the ideas of the left are being exposed right in front of our face for what they really, truly are. Not only morally bankrupt and rationally bankrupt, but the recipe for disaster for our society. If we don't do something now and rectify these issues, then our society will continue to erode. And here's how I can justify that. Leftist ideas 
And secular humanism in particular are specifically anti-intellectual and they're anti-society. You might even call them anti-democratic. Anti-intellectual in this way. Secularism says at the outset, regardless of the importance of religious ideas, regardless of time-tested traditions in the past that are brought down to us in, in the present, regardless of any of those things, if anything hints of religious ideology, we don't want to hear it, we're not going to entertain it, and we will push it away. The moment a pastor comes speaking any kind of truth, we're going to discount it because, for, because it comes from a religious source. This is secularism in a nutshell. It shuts off a part of your brain and says, I won't listen to anything even if there is rational basis for it. So long, the new atheist, for so long, the new atheists have kind of just said this. They've said, you know, faith is belief in the absence of evidence. Well, I have some news for you. Secular humanists and people like the new atheists um, have a belief too, and their belief is regardless of the evidence. Uh, it's not because there is an absence of evidence, it's because they refuse to hear the evidence from religious people and religious thinkers and how it might actually impact and help us in our present age. And therefore, it is an anti-intellectual doctrine that must be resisted at all costs. And then it is anti-society, because at the end of the day, I defy you to come up with another source of moral certitude to build a society upon. A society must be built upon some kind of moral understanding, and maybe you would call it some kind of religious understanding then. And stereotypically, we know this. Religion has been responsible for creating a sense of moral, uh, a moral sensibility in a society. Now, you have to have that for a society to hold together. So. Where are you going to get that from? Are you going to get that from secular humanism? Or is the most rational and best place for that to come from the Judeo-Christian ethic? The thing that built our society and is a fun foundational and fundamental aspect of our society and has been proven as a result of the American experiment to actually create a sense of prosperity, a sense of wealth, a sense of well-being, and a social contract that if not you know, balled up and thrown away, can actually be a good thing. So for that reason, the leftist utopia, the secular humanism of our age, is a recipe for disaster. Listen, our society is something that won't last. By definition, Stein's tautology says this, if something cannot last, it will not last. It's a tautology because he's saying it cannot last, so it's never going to last. And so that's the point is we know something is going to spell the death of America. And then if that's true, if ultimately we know America won't be around forever, it is the way of the world. History tells this story that, that empires and kingdoms and nations and governments, they come and they go. We have to ask ourselves the question this, if America is not some eternal promise that will always rest assured in the hearts of the people who are its citizens, what will be the thing that spells the death of America? And it will certainly be the kind of thinking that we're watching right now unfold in front of our face. Secularism in the guise of neo-Marxism or postmodernism, or any kind of woke ideology in any form that it comes in right now is the one thing that will spell the demise of our society if we don't get it right. But perhaps this is the, the point at the end of the day. The globalist class, the elitist class, those who wish to have power and believe that they are the best fit for that power, Maybe they want society, be, society to totally be unnerved. Maybe they are truly Marxist down deep in their hearts and they believe that the only way for, for 
the Marxist revolution to proceed is with the destruction of all existing conditions. Maybe they're Faustian, just like Marx was, and they believe that everything deserves to die. And maybe that's what they're really after at the end of the day, because more crime, more pain, more difficulty, more suffering means you need a, a relief from that suffering. And when they constantly point to themselves as the relief, it means more power for them. In other words, more crime means more politicians and more policies. Could be what they're after at the end of the day. But because I believe these ideas are exploding in front of our face, just like it did in Joan Didion's time, something will wake us up. Something has to wake us up. If it's not Rushdie's assassination, if it's not the skyrocketing crime rates in our major cities in America, it will be something. I just hope it's not as something as drastic as the Manson murders. But I believe they're better than that. I believe there's a group of people in society, large swaths of Americans, who are sick and tired of the policies of the left, who are sick and tired of the manipulation of the left, who no longer want to be lied to, and they're willing to break away from whatever party they were a part of, whatever ideology they were a part of, and willing to see what is going on right in front of our face and do something about it before it's too late. I believe that there are independent thinkers out there, in other words, who are willing to think past the echo chamber that you may presently be a part of. And I certainly hope some of those people are in churches. I hope the church has separated itself enough from the woke ideology of our day and the leftist principles of our day so that when the left fully implodes and they're exposed for who they are, when people flock away from their institutions and their practices and get away from the organizations and the corporations who want diversity, equity, and inclusion at the expense of real jobs and real productivity, when they finally flee those organizations, I hope the church will be there as a beacon of light, as a bastion of, of protection from the, the ills and the woes of leftist ideology. I hope there will be bold pastors with backbones who say enough is enough and we will not give in to your weaponized empathy. We will not give in to your radical subjectivity. We will not give in to a replacement theology where you wish to replace things like original sin and the Imago Dei with, with leftist ideas. We will not allow you to pollute the truth of God's holy word and we're gonna take a stand so that you will know the church is a bastion from these kind of destructive ideas. Should we have the courage to separate ourselves from the popular ideas of the left and stand upon time-tested wisdom, I know that the church will be the beacon that it was always intended to be. And I believe that as you flee that same ideology and that same tendency and do not fall for the extortion that is out there right now being brought upon by the left because they're hanging on to their last vestiges of power before it all gets stripped away from them. As you run away from that, I believe that there will be better for you. And just remember, small tremors create great earthquakes. And it looks like we're in need of some independent thinkers to create some small tremors. And for those of you who are willing to do so, I wish you God's best. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to comment below if this was helpful to you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We'll catch you next time. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.